Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. We are looking at Psalm 18, um, excuse me, (laughs) Proverb 18 today. And so I'll start off by saying and asking questions again. How much do you think what you say is going to affect people that you come in contact with today? How much do you think? Well, I'm just a little person. Nobody listens to me. Or I'm not the boss. You know, who cares about what I think? Or, you know, there's a lot smarter people than me, you know. But God says, what you say today matters. And what you can say can affect someone's whole life, their whole outlook. Let's jump right in and take a look. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Whoever isolates himself. Do you ever feel like you just don't need to go to church, don't need to talk to so many people, you can just kind of live on your own? You know, you can just kind of, you know, be the isolationist, you know? You you can be the antisocial person. You want to try to uh, not have to worry with so many people, you know. I'm getting eccentric in my old ways. I don't need to deal with so many people. Or, you know what, I'm tired of meeting new people. I have all the friends I need. Is there anything in God's Word that tells you you'll get to the point where you don't have to meet anybody else or deal with any other people? Or it's okay just to kind of be more secluded? Is there anything like that? No, it's the exact opposite. God's Word's always telling you to love one another, look out for one another, lift one another up. He's always talking about praying for one another and how important it is to have unity in the body of Christ because, after all, Jesus died so each one of us could have that new salvation and that new creation in the body of Christ, in His body. He had to die to put his physical body to death so that we would have life in his new spiritual body. We are in the body of Christ, his new spiritual body. 
So whoever isolates himself is basically just trying to live by his own rules, living by his own judgment, you know? And it's, a, it's kind of an easy way to short-circuit things because if you're living by your own rules, you don't have to really answer to anybody. If you don't have to really answer anybody, you're not really accountable. You're not accountable to the Lord or to anyone else in the body of Christ. So those are that's just kind of a uh, just a statement to to say you know it's not all about yourself and it's not all about trying to just keep to yourself because when you do you're breaking out against all sound judgment you won't be able to listen to what God needs you to do and wants you to do. Verse 2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. (laughs) Oh boy, have you ever met things like that? Have you ever met people like that? All they do is talk. Big talkers. And they don't want to think through anything. That's one of the hardest things, I think, for me day to day is is when I come in contact with folks like that because they're just, everybody's wanting to tell you their opinions. But very few people want to sit down and look at facts or think through the pros and the cons of the decisions. <clears throat> Verse 3, when wickedness comes, contempt comes also, and with dishonor comes disgrace. If you, if you reject the Lord, if you, inject, if you reject God, and say there is no God or I don't believe in God or God's not you know sovereign over me contempt for others then because you put yourself in place of where God should be and then if you put your place if you if you put your place where God should be if you reject God then you can't be humble to God your heart won't be centered on God of course but your heart won't be humble and then you put yourself in judgment seat. And then you have a whole bunch of people that you just judge. Isn't that inherently not good to have every single person walking around thinking they're the judge, they're the ultimate compass of morality, they're the ultimate person that holds the keys for right and wrong for them. So what is right and wrong for one person is not right and wrong for another person. And then you have this inconsistent morality in our society. You know, everybody just does what they want to do. And morality is quite inconsistent. So even by the standard of man's own wisdom, it's not as good a model as if you have consistent morality to a society. Because then you have the establishment of cultural norms. You have the establishment of, of consistency in behavior. So even from the argument of a secular argument, God's wisdom is even better. It makes more practical sense. Verse 4, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters the fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook so the words coming out of your mouth today are deep waters there is a lot of deep potential for what they can and can't do if you allow the words coming out of your mouth to be encouraging you can lift somebody up 
You can lift somebody up. You can change the course of somebody's life with your words. Also, you can bring somebody down. You can bring somebody down so fast with the words out of your mouth. God says just how important they are. They are extremely deep waters. And the fountain of wisdom, if you can provide wisdom, you've provided somebody with a bubbling brook, a brook of fresh water. That's life. Verse 5. It is not good to be partial to the wicked or to deprave the righteous of justice. If you're a judge or if you're dealing with people and if you give partiality just to the wicked just because there's peer pressure or just because society wants you to act a certain way or if you just kind of make excuses for wickedness behavior, wicked behavior, <clears throat> God's telling you don't do that. <clears throat> you you got to keep your heart centered on Him. And when your heart is centered on Him, you got to keep your judgment centered on His Word. It's not good enough just to say, oh, I trust the Lord, I'll keep my heart centered on Him. But anytime you see wickedness around you, around you, you just kind of look the other way, you know? Or let them have free reign. A fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. You want to talk fool? Then just remove God from the center of your heart. Remove Christ from the center of your heart. And just talk whatever comes in your mind. Let it be whatever you crave, whatever you desire. Don't let it be based on God's wisdom. Let it be based on something you think is important. And so then your conversation will just flow along just like the wind moves from one topic to the next. There won't be any consistency. And there won't be any eternal value to it. Verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs to it and is safe. The name of the Lord, that all names shall bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is that strong tower. He is your fortress. He is your safe place. He is your deliverer. He is your shepherd. He raises you from the dead and forgives your sins. He makes you right with the Father in heaven so that when the Father in heaven looks at you, He sees a righteous person, not a sinner, still struggling the name of the Lord. You want to have good words coming out of your mouth? The most important word that can come out of your mouth is the name of Jesus Christ. That's your strong tower. If you don't know what else to say, call on His name. And if you're in trouble, run to the name of Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Verse 11 a rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his imagination. You think you're great? Your wealth will protect you 
and be your strong fortress, your strong city, your stronghold, your own wealth. It's all temporary, folks. And it's only in your imagination. Your wealth will come and go in a heartbeat. Verse 13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. If you start talking before you've heard the whole case, it's not wise to do so. Now, sometimes, I'm telling you folks, personally for me, I've been in so many meetings, and people come into meetings, and they bring to the meeting what they've already been working on, see? And they've been working on this for weeks, and then they want to bring a meeting to get you to react to it. Now, that's just how meetings work a lot of times, and that's not putting that down. But the peer pressure in the meetings is for you to agree or disagree or tell your thoughts. And sometimes there'll be people in there that just pop off and just say what they think without really considering the pros and cons. That's how so many decisions get made in these meetings with no more thought than 10 minutes or no more thought than just the initial hearing on the words. So I think it's important before you give an answer is to hear it out and then respond. I mean, God, that's what God says. So don't be shamed by peer pressure to speak when, you, when you're not sure and you hadn't thought it out. That's really true. Verse 14, a man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? If you're, if you're feeling bad, if you've got some illness out there, something big, something maybe an illness that cancer, heart disease, or some kind of problem, or maybe somebody, somebody close to you is dealing with tragedy, or maybe even death, something bad, your spirit will help you endure it. And the spirit, your spirit. The spirit inside you is Jesus Christ. But that spirit inside you, that God-centered heart, leaning on the Lord, you can endure. God will let you. God will give you the strength to endure anything. If you have His spirit inside you, if you have His power, there is nothing over Him. Whether it's tragedy or illness or whatever, Lean on the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs to it and is safe. That was back in verse 10. But you're in spirit. The spirit centered on God. The Holy Spirit inside you can endure it. But if the spirit is crushed, if your spirit inside has been crushed, you can't endure anything. And I think that spirit so heavily always comes back to being centered on Christ, centered on the Lord. And for me, one of the new verses I really like was back in Proverbs 14, verse 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. How do you start your day today? fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of all wisdom as the Proverbs are saying. But the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. So no matter how bad the illness or the how bad the tragedy 
is or how bad you think your spirit has been crushed and you need that confidence, that spiritual confidence, that shot in the arm to get you through the day and you don't know where to go or even how to pray sometimes. I've been thinking the best way to start the day is in the fear of the Lord. And you think, well, why is that? That doesn't make any sense. Start the day in the fear of the Lord and realize how powerful He is and how insignificant we are. You think your problems are big deal? Just start centering your heart on how powerful He is and what He has done to give us life, what He has sacrificed for each one of us in such an individual and personal way. There is no dispute that He has given an unimaginable gift in such a very, very personal way to each one of us. So start with that. And start start with the, that reverent fear, that reverent appreciation for His power, His awesomeness, right up next to your and mine insignificance. That fear of the Lord. Then you begin to... Then you begin to almost tremble and just realize how precious this gift is. That's a good way. That's a good way to get confidence is to realize how awesome and powerful He is and start concentrating on Him rather than maybe what we don't have to concentrate on what what we have in Him. Verse 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. A man's gift. You've been given so much by our Father in heaven. And what you give, what you give to someone else is so important. Is so important. If it's given with the right heart. Whatever you try to give, make sure you give it with the right heart. Don't let it be just a, a cold monetary gift. It doesn't do anything for you. But if you give gifts to others, whether it's a good word, you bless them. Whether you give some type of present or gift to somebody... Let it always be given with a gift of meaning, a gift of love, a gift to lift someone else up. Let that be what your gift is. And it'll carry so much more meaning to the other person. That's what you that's what you want to do. Your gift has to mean more than, than what it looks like. It has to bless the other person. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Again, how important is what you say today? That's our back to our original question. How important do you think what you can say today will, will bring or will be? God says it's everything. The, what you say and how you say it to other people today carries the power of life and death. Death and life. Now, you almost have to stop cold in your tracks today to think about that. 
The power of life and death is in what you say to someone else today. Now, you're not going around telling people to die and stuff, but what you do can give someone life. What you do can raise somebody that might be crushed in spirit. You don't know that they're crushed in spirit because they maybe haven't told you that. But what you say to someone else today and the way you say it to them is within the power of your tongue in my tongue today. And if you if you share love to someone else, they will have the gospel. They can have the gospel message of Christ and can eat of its fruit. I think it's talking about the gospel message here. 21. So guard your speech from foolish chatter. But remember, not only do you have to watch out for foolish chatter, you have to realize you have the potential to share the gospel, to share God's love, to give someone, to lift someone up. Someone even crushed in spirit. To show someone a strong tower where they can be safe in. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and attains favor from the Lord. It's good to have those relationships. Back in Ephesians, Paul was saying that marriage itself is one of the mysteries of God. Because two become one flesh. So when you're joined in marriage, it's like it's like another part of the body of Christ. You become one spiritual. You're supposed to be one spiritual connection. What a beautiful thing that is. God wanted marriage to be a part of the body of Christ. That's a spiritual gift to one another. And if you've found a good wife, you've found favor. You've been blessed by the Lord. That's one of God's blessings. And you have to treat, husbands, you have to treat your wife as that blessing that has come to you from the Lord. And wives, you have to feel the same way. You can't take your husband for granted and what he's trying to do. And husbands, you can't take your wives for granted. So just realize that that's favor from the Lord and cherish that relationship. It has to be nurtured and taken care of. Verse 24, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Who do you think that friend is? Well, everybody's got that friend, Jesus Christ. There is a friend. Jesus Christ said, You're my friends. Now, he's also someone who's your teacher and instructor. But he said, If you're following my examples, if you're following my instructions, then you're more than just disciples. You're my friends. You have a friend in Jesus Christ. You have a Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ. You have a a helper and a teacher, the Holy Spirit given to us by Jesus Christ. 
You have the word of wisdom, which is the word of God, which became flesh, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is with you in spirit. Jesus Christ is with you in the word. And Jesus Christ, you are in Jesus Christ in his physical body, which is the church. What a marvelous set of teachings today. And so the answer to our question is yes. What you say matters so much to the Father in heaven. It carries the power of death and life. So appreciate that today. And start your day with fear of the Lord to realize how magnificent He is and realize that He alone is sovereign over this whole world. So, I hope this has been encouraging to you. Um, This is the part where I'll turn the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. And... um, For me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered, and I'll see you next time. Hello, everyone. Um, Just a quick note, due to some issues that have come up, Matali will not be podcasting today. So from us to all of you, God bless you, and we'll see you next time.